Shalom. Hey, okay. check it out. I'm Athleisure Suit Larry now. Oh, yeah, we I don't. bought this like $25 tracksuit from Costco. Is that Costco? Fuck yeah, yeah baby. Fuck yeah, pure comfort. Pure yeah, discount baby. comfort. Pure discount comfort. Fucking yeah, throw we... one of those bad boys on. How's a couple $1.50 hot dogs? You're yeah, gold. Yeah, baby. Straight to the dome. <laughs> Get fucking ketchup all over my fresh new suit. <laughs> yeah, I think you were going to say we don't live stream anymore and we don't we don't live stream we don't uh do we do you post the video still yeah i post on youtube fuck it that's where we'll eventually get money if more than actually our subscribers keeps going up but it's like one an episode so do you do you post do you yeah but that's you know that's exponential growth do you post the video on facebook too like to our i post a link of the youtube video video too yeah Got it. I figured it was e- that way it would arbitrarily drive up our numbers on YouTube. Got it. But Go if on. you're listening, if anybody's listening to this and you don't watch YouTube for moral or ethical reasons, but you and you can get this the, just the audio through ethical reasons that you want to see the video, let me know and I'll figure out how to get it to you. I can't you're put only it fans. on. You're I can't put it on Vivo. Through. Through OnlyFans. Yeah, on our OnlyFans. But the big problem is YouTube lets you post videos that are a gigabyte, and that's how big these episodes are. Whereas these episodes the... are what are you recording these in 4K? I guess. I, I just whatever the whatever the default was four years ago or three years ago when we started doing the video on my uh video editing program is what they are. A gigabyte? I think it's one nine one ninety one nine twenty p DPI or whatever for our yeah. potato like built-in webcams. Yeah, like, so we, we could probably lower the resolution a little. The bit. thing is, if somebody's listening to this and they don't like YouTube, I will lower the resolution so I can no, put it on a different site. Fuck it, don't like YouTube. Fuck you. Yeah, I mean, hey, internet. Don't have to sign up. <laughs> welcome to welcome to episode. Uh, uh, mm, uh, mm. 233? Uh, yes. Of Outrage Factory, the podcast where we look at the things that made people bad online this week and explain why they're dumb for caring. I'm your co-host, Derek Bolin. I'm your other co-host, Dale DeRuder. What are you eating there? Looks I like apologize in advance. Oh, I'm what is having that? A fucking jar matcha. of milk? <laughs> it's a jar of matcha tea latte, and it's the first time I've ever made matcha tea, and... It's fucking strong. So if oh. I act a little speedy on this pod, that's why. We're podcasting. Better get my milk jar. It looks yeah. like there's like nothing but like white no, the, in there. It's, it's, there was this much milk that, you know, <laughs> you know how it is. Wait, is there but, a lot uh, of caffeine in, uh, in matcha? Yeah, dude. I oh, didn't think there? it was that bad. I only put two teaspoons of matcha in there and I'm fucking wired up. Oh, God, so fucking today... <laughs> Talking makes me hot. Today, we went to Starbucks, and I'm my son, and I'm yeah. like, Noah, what do you want? And he's like, oh, I just get this, like, matcha green tea frappuccino. And I was like, that sounds like it has caffeine in it. So I, like, I text his mom, yeah, and I'm like, yo, is there caffeine in this? And she's like, yeah, it's just matcha, so there's not much. And I was like, oh, okay. And so 
And this is like a person who manages like many Starbucks. We're not gonna <laughs> we're like, not gonna parent shame on here, but we're not. Not that much caffeine in matcha is wrong. Well, so I got it for him, and yeah. then yeah, he was a little uh, little perky, little yeah. little bit perky the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th- I think it's I don't know how much tea how much caffeine's in it, but it's like. There's that whole thing where there's more caffeine in tea, but it interacts with our body differently, so it feels like less caffeine than coffee. Uh, studies have found that matcha can contain between 19 and 44 milligrams of caffeine. That's oh, that's quite, not that much. That's half of a range. coffee. Yeah, ca- that's coffee half of is a like, coffee. what, 100? I thought coffee was like 80, to ni- 80 or 90. Kate sent me this thing and it was like this infographic of like uh, caffeinated drinks in the States. Yeah. And there's something uh, that I want to try. Where was it from? Duncan? Somewhere? Where? Donuts. Oh, Panera Bread. And they have a drink that's like basically like 10 coffees. It's like in one oh, wow. drink. And it's like more than even energy drinks. Um, Wait, isn't that the one that someone drank and died on? And it has like a thousand calories or something? Oh, it's like lemonade. Panera yeah, caffeinated lemonade chargers. A fuck ton of sugar in it too. Oh, almost definitely. Because I re- I think I remember somebody was like trying to sue Panera because they were drinking like three of those a day, and they didn't understand. They didn't look into it like how much shit it was in it. Like because there's apparently like a fuck ton of sugar. Panera charged lemonade. A twenty ounce serving has two hundred and sixty milligrams of caffeine. Jesus Christ. And- and 82 grams of sugar. <laughs> Capitalism, baby. That's We're what I was it. talking about, baby. So <laughs> anybody wants that translated into normal terms, would you say 250 grams of caffeine? Two, 260 grams of caffeine, yeah. That's like double a uh, full-size rock star or monster. Yeah. And it's like two two giant like of those tall boy energy drinks. Yeah, and it's four cups of coffee in one. So it would and be then, like eight cups of coffee. Yeah, and then it's uh, you said eighty grams of sugar. Oh, that goodness. is eighty grams of sugar is like what three cokes? Oh, it's just a fucking absurd amount of sugar. It's basically yeah, like a lot. syrup with methamphetamine in it. It's, I mean, and I'm desperate to try it. I definitely want to try it for <laughs> sure, but I don't know if I'd be able to pot on that. <laughs> uh and dale what's been uh this is gonna be the least tight 45 minutes ever but uh what's what's been going on with you buddy uh not much um is this you asking me about my life or you want me to get straight into the bank shit yeah just catch it up we didn't uh we didn't get uh, oh yeah we didn't do we didn't pod last week because i was i was fucking in while you had covid i was dying the covid reaper finally caught me and I was taking level two occupational first aid. I don't know which of those is worse to get, but I was like fucking in first aid school for eight hours a day for five days straight. So I was like not doing any, any, uh, pod like preparation or anything. And then you got COVID and I was like, well, I'm not even going to bug him about doing the podcast. Yeah. Cause Thanks COVID. Not... Cause I was... spent, sorry. Oh, what were you going to say? COVID I was, was... I was going to say COVID was so bad, we trashed our entire economy. So I can't imagine Derek going through it would be that bad. I mean, I don't know if it was economy trashing bad, but I was definitely like <laughs> Saturday and Sunday, I was basically just like fucking dead to the world. Like I just like yeah. slept and sweat and like 
uh that was about it like spent the whole like weekend in a fever dream basically where i was like is this reality or not and then after that it was basically just like a bad cold but those first two days i was like my everything was is infected i'm fucking dying yeah. uh and i felt super shitty but it wasn't like yeah i don't know that it was like you know if i was a less hardy man it may have yeah. killed me but then you know or if OG COVID was a lot worse. Yeah, that's true. Because I've Which... had COVID twice now. And the first time was about as bad as you said. I don't know about two days. But I but I had this weird thing where I was just like fucking dumb. Like I, I had like brain fog. Andrea would talk to me and I just like wouldn't hear what she was saying. So it was normal. But I also <laughs> couldn't think about the stuff I would be anyways. <laughs> You weren't distracted by like yeah. conspiracy theories. You were just like zoned yeah. out. There was no conspiracies running in the back of my head. It was just like a cloud of nothing. And then I was just like, what? And it was kind of nice. What? Like to just have nothing going on upstairs and just living like that and not having to worry about anything. Yeah. I mean. That long, long COVID, man. We all yeah, got baby. it. We can use yeah. that excuse now. The long COVID just makes me have no energy. Although I don't think I have it. I think I'm just fat and out of shape. Uh, but long COVID, sure. I'll blame that instead. Yeah, it's it's long COVID. Okay. Mm -hmm. Should we get into it? Let's get into it. Yeah, one of the things I was bugging Derek about was I was like, we got to talk about this bank stuff because I finally got a grasp on it. And I want to talk it before it just fucking goes into the ether and I don't know what it is anymore. So... I know you did a ton of research, so I'm just going to let you talk and look at my I phone for the next week. I was doing a ton of research and then I went down a rabbit hole on ESG credits, which has nothing to do with the banking shit. So that doesn't help or whatever. But my, the research I did do on the banking shit was I listened to a bunch of podcasts and they explained the bank shit to me. So I just want to kind of talk about it in, I don't want to say dumb, dumb person terms, but I want to say layman's person terms because a lot of the times when I kind of grasp something, I feel like I have the ability to translate it into layman's terms. So, Derek, what it's do you a, know about the bank stuff? It's a gift. I know the bank was like, um, number one, they were a huge, uh, they were a bank primarily used by like startups in Silicon Valley, hence mm -hmm. Silicon Valley Bank, uh, mm -hmm. startups and like venture capitalists. And I know that they were basically over leveraged on uh bonds i think so when like mm -hmm. uh two year bonds two year so when mortgage rates started like getting jacked the fuck up the bank was suddenly in uh those bonds were like essentially like bonds are a security that are best held i, I gotta make sure because what i think of when they say two-year bonds i feel like that means you can't cash it in for two years is that right what is a two-year – we should have, like, interviewed an economist or something. Yeah, but this. then they would just say – okay, so let me – so what I'll get into it is, like, I don't know – do you know what fractional reserve lending is? No, fuck no. Okay, so basically – Wait, fractional lending is what caused the, like, um, last financial crisis, was it not? Sort of, yes. So what happens is when a – like, 
what what I used to think a bank was, it was like they just had the money that everybody put in there and then they would lend out that money and make interest on that. But what fractional reserve lending is, is I don't know the percentage of what it is. I think it's one to 10. And basically what that means is if a bank has $1, they can lend out 10. So what um, the Silicon Valley credit or Silicon Valley bank which when I first heard that name, I thought it was fake. I was like, that's not the name of a bank. Silicon Valley Bank? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like from that TV show, Silicon Valley. So anyways, what Silicon, what every bank does is they lend out like, say, $10. And the money they make on that, they don't just put into their bank and hold there in case a rainy day happens. They start investing that and they buy like land and houses and companies and they invested in stocks and when derek said they were over lever leveraged what that meant was they had too much money invested in stuff and not enough money in their bank to actually pay people if they were to take out all their money because what happens is since banks can lend out ten dollars for every one dollar they have if everybody who has money in the bank takes that out it's not there because they can't, the banks lent it out, hoping that it comes back before anybody needs it. And so Silicon Valley was the bank that was invested in tech companies and tech startup. So like Google has an account there, Roku has an account there and all this stuff. And what was happening was these startup companies would get investments from investors and they would use their That's money. Traditionally, who invests? <laughs> yeah. They would use the <laughs> money that was coming in from investors to like pay their overhead, like their staff. They would pay their rent on their offices and stuff. And they would leave the money in Silicon Valley Bank alone. But with the slowdown after COVID, after like all the tech companies got artificially inflated from COVID and everybody working from home and using more tech and buying more tech and then the economy started failing and tech is uh, it's like you know it's one of those things that people only buy when they have extra money like if you're hurting to pay your groceries you're not going to go buy tvs or buy stuff from google or Roku or all these other companies so what started happening was these companies were making less money so they had to dip into their bank accounts to start paying their overhead, like their wages and their rent and stuff. And then what happened was this is the first time that a bank has kind of started getting its, what it says it has in the bank, getting pulled out in the um, online banking era. So, so I can't remember which specific guy it was, but somebody was basically like, yo, Silicon Valley bank isn't going to have enough to cover us all. So I'm pulling all my money out. And then there was a bank run. When yes. a bank run is basically when everybody goes and takes their money out of the bank because they're scared it won't be there. Other people take it. So it's like this panic mode. But since it was online, everybody could just do it from their computer. They didn't have to like go into the bank to get their money. So everybody started pulling their money out and a run started going down on Silicon Valley Bank. And then the federal bank people stepped in and kind of just shut everything down so that nobody could get access to their money that's still in the bank and stuff. With me so far, was that too much? Keep going. Is there okay. more? Do you know more? Yeah, there's more. 
Okay. But that's basically how Silicon Valley Bank failed. But another, there's some more fuckery to it because one of the other things that caused Silicon Valley Bank to fail was there's these old after the crash in 2008 there was this guy i think his name was don frank or dan frank something like that you can look it up but he came up with all these different rules that banks would have to go by and have these regulations so that we didn't see the same failing that happened in 2008 and i think that passed in i want to say 2011 i'm not sure dodd frank dodd frank yeah dodd frank yeah well, I say Dan or Don. You said Dan for Dan for Okay, whatever. So, anyways, they passed those rules in 2011. And then in 2017, fucking Silicon Valley Bank was like, "Hey, we don't need these same regulations as other banks from this Dodd Frank stuff." So, because we're a niche bank, we know our people, and we're more in tune with our market, so we can have less regulations. And then, like, 50 Republicans and like I think like. 18 Democrats were like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. How about we ease up on the regulations of Don or of uh, Silicon Valley Bank? So those were these sort of like pressure test testing regulations. Whereas like if those were still in place, Silicon Valley wouldn't have been able to send out as much money as they did. And they wouldn't have been as vulnerable to this whole collapse. And another thing that happened was when these regulations were taken off of Silicon Valley Bank, they were able to double dip where they could take the money that they had and invest it in the same companies that held money at the bank. So if you think about, like, say, Roku is a person who or is a company that had money in this bank. So if I'm this bank and Roku, I think they had $440 million in the bank. So if I take some of the money that set that Roku says they have in the bank and then I invest it in Roku and then Roku's stocks take a shit, then I get dinged twice because they have less money in my bank and the money I gave them is worth or invested in them is worth less. So it kind of like escalated the rate at which this bank was failing. And then we saw the same thing with uh one of those fucking crypto companies that went under recently because what they had done is they took the money that people were giving FTX? them. It was either FTX or maybe it was one or the other, but they were like mm-hmm. basically using the money that people were depositing with them and turning around and using it to buy this crypto company's own token that they were yeah. printing. So when, so when they fucking went, uh, belly up, or that you're like shit started going south. The value mm-hmm. of the token that they had invested all the money in started plummeting. So like things went bad for the company, and then it just like compounded it, right? And they ended yeah, up like, like it's like a cascade to zero. Yeah, yeah. And the the difference between that, Derek, and this is what this bank did was completely legal, whereas that crypto shit was illegal because crypto isn't a bank, and you're supposed to manage it like. Stocks or something. Well, where... the the other thing is that uh, banks, if you deposit money through a bank, you are insured through the federal de- deposit mm-hmm. insurance. So, like any money that consumers lose when a accredited bank fails is covered by insurance. Whereas... Up to two hundred fifty grand. Yeah. Okay. You sorry. Have... Go ahead. You have more than two hundred fifty grand just laying around in a bank. 
No, but this brings me to my big fucking anarchist point is if we all fucking run the banks, then we all cause them all to fail. It won't affect us. It'll just affect the rich people who have more than 250 grand. So you're saying if we want to bring the richies down, what we need to do, starting with the 10 listeners of this podcast, (laughs) is we all need to go to a bank tomorrow at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. is too early. At 10 a.m. and Mm. withdraw all the funds in it. And if yeah. everyone does that at the same time, we will. So what happens we, over? We could kick off a run on the bank where the rich people start taking them. What? Money. So what happens okay, over 250,000? So typically what would happen? Okay. So I want to talk, I want to hit on this FDIC thing. Cause that's the core. I think that's the federal deposit insurance corporation something like that yeah something like that they have it's basically like car insurance where banks will pay a premium and then up to 250 grand will be insured by this corporation so but what was happening was or what's happened now or sorry what would happen if the bank failed is that company would seize the bank and start selling off its assets so it would sell all the property they owned. They would start selling all their stocks and stuff. And one of the thing, one of the regulations that this Dodd Frank thing was was banks had to hold a certain amount of liquid assets, and that's just like stocks and currencies and stuff. But shit, they can sell. Yeah, sell easily, not property where you have to find a buyer or whatever. Yeah. So another thing was Silicon Valley didn't have enough liquid assets. But what would typically happen is the FDIC steps in, sells all the liquid assets right away, or they insure every invest or every depositor up to 250K. So if you have 250K, you're done, you got your money, nice big fat check. But if you're over that, what they do is they, they sell all the assets the bank had and then try to give it back, like make good on everybody's investment. So basically, they'll give everybody money at the same time. So the people who have the most money in the bank are the losers. So one thing you could see, you could say about this is you're like, wow, if I diversify my bank deposits, that will be better for me. And most people would do that, except for Silicon Valley Bank being greedy. They're like, hey, if you guys just put your money in just us so we can have access to it, we'll give you like special rates and stuff. And I don't know if that's what convinced Roku to make one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. So Roku, a company that everybody's had or everybody knows, had 450 million in their checking account. They only had one account with this bank, no savings, no investment fund, just one checking account that had 440 million in it. Wait, why? Because they're idiots. That makes no sense to anybody because what happens is if you put your money in a savings account the bank has to pay you a higher percentage on the money it holds as a return or whatever so they probably convinced roku to hold it all in the checking account which has a like a less interest rate on it (laughs) it's nuts and then where was i but so now what's happened is the fdic the government stepped in and they were like we're gonna give money to the fdic from the like governmental treasury to make everybody whole because when stuff happens to rich people the government actually does something 
But now this sets a bad precedent because Silicon Valley Bank was only paying the premiums to the FDIC uh, to get like coverage for up to 250K. So the FDIC doesn't have enough money to pay above that, but they're still going to pay it because the government's going to give them this magic money that they say isn't coming from the taxpayers. But now, if this happens, it sets the precedence for all other banks to say, fuck the FDC, the government will just step in and make us whole. Well, small enough banks, no, the government yeah. would just let them eat shit. Like the, um, mm-hmm. But like something like, uh silicon valley silicon valley bank is big enough that it could have like a cascading effect on the economy so a good measure of this is silicon valley bank i think is in total worth like 100 and i want to say 72 but it's a while since i heard the number so that could be wrong but they're like just over a hundred billion dollars is like how much they they hold with all their deposits and all their assets and stuff whereas this other bank credit swiss which is in the process of doing what happened to silicon valley is worth over 700 billion so if that fails there's no fucking way the government could just magically come up with 700 billion no yeah unless yeah no they can't because they've in total they've only sent like i want to say 60 to ukraine so anybody who's saying we'll stop sending money to Ukraine, we can cover the banks. That's not even enough money. Yeah, it would. It yeah. would not. No. Was that simplified enough? I feel like I was getting lost in the weeds while I was talking about that. No, I was very. I I did not understand uh, a a ton of that. So. <laughs> well, if you didn't understand, buddy, then it's not layman's terms. I I still don't. Bank bank. Did you bad. not understand, or did you zone out? Banks. Little both. <laughs> Next time you're looking at your phone, just keep it out of the screen. No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm just like, well, you know, hey, it's you're fine. here. You're here to explain to the listeners, not That's true. not to me. Yeah, I already know everything. Ever. Did you... So yeah, I think that's all I had to say about the banks. But I was just like, it's just astronomically and like idiotic how the bank will lend out. $10 for every dollar they have and then not go out of their way to make sure they don't just like fucking fuck themselves. Yeah. Fucked. Well, it's because yeah. they're all operating under the assumption that like, there isn't going to be a bit. It's like a lot of the stuff with the economy that we have set up. Uh, mm-hmm. You like, you start digging into it. You're like, how the fuck? And like, you know, in, in a boom economy, when everything's going great, nobody asks questions, nobody yeah. looks into it. Like, it's only when, like, you look at the subprime, subprime mortgage crisis, where which fucked over the economy, and you look at that whole situation, you're like, who the fuck allowed any of this to happen? Yeah. And it's kind of the, the same thing. Like, they took a few steps to, like, slap people on the wrist, but, like, there's still a ton of shady shit and like unbelievable shit going on uh, oh, yeah. in, in the banking industry. And oh, you're you, just like, you want to hear how fucking shady it is. Remember that guy, Dodd Frank, who set up those like extra rules in 2011. I thought, I thought it was two. I thought it was two guys. I thought it was Dodd dash. Yeah. Frank. Oh, was it? Okay. I thought I just assumed it was Do- one guy anyways. So one of the guys who did that, 
was actually one of the guys arguing for Silicon Valley to have less regulations and to pull back from the own the actual regulations he helped set up. He's like, this bank shouldn't have the regulations I suggested every bank have. Like, that's how fucking corrupt it was because he got into a different business. So what happened was he was like working for the federal bank regulation board thingy, whatever that was. And then after he quit that job and then got hired on by the bank, he was like, oh, yeah, that stuff I said before that that only counts when I was affected by that in that business. Now, I think it's a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, like, all these, like, protections and shit, like, sure, on paper, they sound and look good. Uh, but it only holds up until you realize that every single person on Earth, including the people who drafted that bill and the Congress people that voted for it and the bankers that are allegedly abiding by it, uh, really only serve, they're only interested in serving themselves above mm -hmm. all else. So... You have like everyone involved in this shit only interested in serving themselves. The the Democrats, the Republicans, the Congress people, the bankers. Uh, no one is really looking out for you. Specifically yeah, exactly. you, Dale DeRuiter. Nobody's <laughs> looking out for they you. They don't have to, because guess what? <laughs> I don't have over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in my bank account. <laughs> i barely have over two thousand dollars this reminds me i should check my uh remember when covid was happening and we were like we should start investing and then i invested mm -hmm. some money and then i just like threw some money in there and i have not looked in uh oh really in a while and my inspect mine my uh my investments are unwell yeah dude like two years ago the crypto market like no the november before last like November 2021 crypto basically shat itself and hasn't come back. And um, my other investments are like, I have like $700 invested. So it's just Damn, like big spender. It goes up and down like $2. And I'm like, what am I going to do with that? I'm not going to pull it out. And it's like to pull it out, it costs more than $2 in like <laughs> the transaction fees. So how much did you, how much are you up or down? Do you know? Oh, uh, I am down. I only put, so in my like stock buying, hold yeah. up, all time, all time, I invested $400 nice. in like, just like buying stocks. Um, no, Dale, because I, I invested $400. Yeah. And now... I am down to $150. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Down, oh, I've lost, th yeah, $300 all time. Oh, wow. Okay. In my tax-free savings account, I've invested $661, and it's worth $517. In my and on my personal account is the stuff I moved over from I moved stuff out of my personal account into the tax-free account because I didn't know. So a, a TFSA, everyone who doesn't know stocks, is a tax-free savings account. So when you put money in there, you can put up to five grand a year. You don't have to pay taxes. You get a tax break. On, yeah. And That's if you great. make money from those investments, you don't have to pay income tax on that the money you make from there. But in your personal one, you do. I didn't know that. So I took... 
I had like the money that's in my TFSA was from my personal account and my personal account, I invested $239 in and it is worth $22. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) We are not great investors. Yeah. And that is, I bought this thing called STNG stinger resources and why bought because it was, what was it? It was like 50 cents a share. So I bought a bunch of them just so I, cause it would seem cheap. And then they dropped down to like 30 cents and yeah, they're fudged. Why Dale? Because Derek, um, did you want to talk about what you hinted at last week? Or is it too late in the game for that? What was it? What I hint at? Well, remember last episode, you're like, I want to talk about like sexuality and stuff. Do you remember? No. Oh, no, I want to do... Okay, so there's, like, this, like, fucking weird moral panic going on in the States right now with, like, um, transgender people and drag shows. And it was something where I was like, I think it warrants, like, a full episode because there's just so much increasingly insane shit going on uh, as the, like, religious right tries to fight against the scourge of... uh, drag queens and transgenderism Mm -hmm. and all this shit um and then like increasingly insane shit as the like woke left tries to fight back against the like authoritative right for um and it's just like this like increasingly bizarre uh arms race against at which like drag queens and transgender people which i understand are two totally different classes of people seem to be at the center and like i remember Mm -hmm. like fucking like what 10 10 years ago five years ago drag drag shit was just like this fun campy thing that you would do with your like you could go to drag brunches or you could see like drag like go to like drag uh just drag like drag shows and now it's become this like um this like fucking weird front on uh in the the latest culture wars being fought over all this drag shit and like states are making it illegal for for drag shows to exist which is well yeah some are um it all started with drag queen story hour yeah because like drag was around for like you said it's been around for like since greece and nobody gave a shit and then i don't know why drag queen story hour hit so hard but it was like great drag queen story hour hit and then People were like, well, well, I guess it's because drag shows are like a cabaret. So it's like the equivalent of dudes dressing up like women and doing like Vegas dancing or burlesque dancing. And that's like, that's what cabaret is. It's like not quite stripper dancing. So you no, have it's, like, it's, it's racy. It's sexually yeah, suggestive. So people think, I guess they thought that drag kings were do- drag queens were doing cabaret dancing which is sexualized, but like PG-13 sexualized or whatever in front of kids. And then they got into this moral panic. And then it's almost like the 2010s version of satanic panic. Yeah. Where like in the 1980s, they thought that everybody was like satanic and abusing their kids and shit. Whereas in 2010, it's like they think that all the drag queens are like, molesting their kids and shit in well that's the yeah so it's like if you try to like make any effort to be like well like even if you're just like hey i don't think the drag queens at story hour are like 
dancing for these kids. <laughs> for yeah, no. reading stories. But the and fuck they're up. like, you're a yeah. fucking groomer. You want you probably touch kids yourself. Uh, yeah. And it's, f- yeah. yeah. But the fucked up thing is there are weirdos in every walk of life. And I'm not saying that all drag queens are, but there are people who took advantage of the situation and did dance sexually in front of children. And that's where the whole problem started was because there was some asshole who did it. And then all these like super right wing parents thought that all of the drag queen story hours were going down like that. So they're like, we have this one example of it being bad. So they're all bad. And then it kind of just blew up from there. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of it as well. And like, I don't actually know if this is happening, but this is just my, my assumption is that in order to like troll those people, um, and like fight back in the culture war, some um, drag performers are maybe going out of their way oh, to yeah. to like hit back and be like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, you don't want me to get sexual at the story hour? Guess what? Guess what? Yeah. Guess what? Here's here's the buff here's the Buffalo Bill or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. I'm showing it to your kids. Um, yeah, and then like everybody's seen like the one video from the UK. The funny thing was the worst seen, one. Seen it. There's this one where this guy's wearing like a mankini and he's like not quite twerking, but he's dancing and you can like see both of his full ass cheeks and his bulge in like a leopard. Like what you would see at the beach in Europe, basically. Yeah. Like a dude in a speedo and people like lost their shit about it. I've worn I've worn speedos then... around children exclusively. I only <laughs> like wearing my speedo around children. And then gotta show like, them who has the bigger hog. I think, okay, this is gonna sound right wing of me, but I think what Tennessee is doing, maybe not make it a felony, is right because what they're doing is they're saying all cabaret shows should not be performed in front of children. No, and fuck I'm no, okay that's not that. right. I'm not fucking okay with that. You're not. You want burlesque dancing in front of kids? No, I want parents. The same way it's been for thousands of years. If a parent wants to be a shitty parent and take their kid yeah. to an R-rated movie or a burlesque show or a fucking like violent like UFC fight or even like WWE, fucking let them and then let them deal with the fallout from it. Why the <laughs> fuck are we saying? Why are we saying that? That's oh, actually a very good point. Parents should absolutely fucking have the right to make shitty decisions as long as they aren't like exposing their children to actual literal harm. That is where I would draw the line. Wait, isn't burlesque, isn't there age limits on that already? Yeah, you would think for the racy shit, like most fucking bars. And that's why I think the Tennessee thing was like a little bit of like just fucking like posturing. But I know there are like, there are things that kind of blur the line. So there's like drag, drag brunch is like a really popular thing that like sprung up over the last little while. And you could go like, go eat brunch see a drag show and most cities had family bringing their children to the to the show and you would be like eh, is this appropriate but you would just keep your fucking mouth shut because if they want to be bad parents that's their prerogative we're allowed to be bad parents yeah the thing for me is it's like um like because drag shows they have different levels like you have the drag shows which are like dudes doing burlesque and then you have drag shows which are like comedy like um like comedy and like music shows slash fashion shows those whatever but it's like they should almost like make it if there's like nudity 
it should be a different level like it should be like drag plus or something well i don't can can there can there forgive my ignorance can there be nudity no. well there, there could be show when no because drags drag queens don't have the pieces yeah. because they're not transsexuals but they yes. could have well they could show their bottom bits and their butt cheeks but what I mean, well, I'm thinking like then you get into the whole fake nudity where you'd have like silicone breasts. Sometimes they do stuff like that, but yeah, I don't know that, that which I get, and it's like I will say that it's like drag inherently is like sexualized mm-hmm. to an extent, but it's not overtly, it's not overtly sexual. Like yeah, if we see a uh fuck like I'm, I'm i'm sure i'm sure this has happened but like some like uh hillbilly parents taking the kids to like a wet t-shirt concert contest in the south yeah we gonna make that like again an example of bad parenting not mm-hmm. a not a felony yeah not against the law mm-hmm. which is like what all this shit should be like i do not think bad parenting should be a crime unless the kids are like actually abused that's yeah. the, that's beyond bad parenting that's just that's not yeah and let's not get it twisted because this isn't about parents trying to save themselves from nudity they're trying are trying to save their kids from nudity all they're trying to do is make is they're scared that their sons will see drag queens and want to be drag queens be what? yeah 100 that's all which not- makes them terrible parents to begin with also yes but like again, like, uh, oh, we 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 gonna make it, uh, we're gonna make it a, a crime to be a hateful, bigoted uh, idiot and teach your kids hateful, bigoted shit, or like, no, we can't do that. That is their right as parents to raise little shitty bigots uh, mm-hmm. on their own. Yeah. Did did that cover everything you wanted to say about it? Yeah, there's just been like so many examples of this yeah. happening lately, and I'm like, what the fuck? Is-? Like, even in Coquitlam, Coquitlam, British Columbia, which is like as far away from the culture war <laughs> as you yeah. could expect, because it's like a fucking suburb of Vancouver where nothing interesting ever happens. And they did a uh, drag queen story hour at one of the libraries here, and then like predictably all these fucking protesters came out and then these counter protesters came out and it's just like um i think like bottom line let parents decide what they expose their children to i certainly am not asking you to fucking fight for my kids rights and like butt the fuck out yeah fuck you and the weird thing is like a suburb of vancouver you figure would be so left because like vancouver is like one of the most left cities in canada yeah because like this is where all the arts parts move down to come yeah but it's also we're very close like we straddle like coquitlam in particular is probably like where i would place the border between like once you get east of coquitlam it starts to get very uh very farmers live in the valley very conservative bible belt ish so yeah that's a good very good point yeah 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 uh, did you, are you done? Do you have to like? Is that the end of our tight hour, or do you have? Uh, a, I could probably. We're not in an hour. You want to do? You want to do one? We could probably do one more quick. I just checked my uh, kid's cam, and he's still napping. So we can probably sneak another, oh, sneak another story in here. Um. Oh, let's talk about child-free weddings. 
this is nice. Oh, fuck. Is, okay. Um, there's, I don't know. I can't remember exactly where, but on Twitter, somebody was like, everybody's mad because I had a child free wedding. I didn't allow people to bring their kids. And then it just started this big argument about whether child free weddings are make you a bad person or not. And oh. I don't know for me personally, I'm like, do whatever you want. It's your yeah. fucking wedding. It's your fucking In, wedding. Yeah. Do whatever you want. It doesn't make you a bad person. Personally, I would have a child friendly wedding because the people I care about have kids and yeah. I care about the kids and I want the kids there as much as I want their adults. Well, that, that's yeah. the thing, right? Like, uh, I, I think it all depends on like your personal tolerance and exposure to children. But like, yeah. I don't think if it's like, this is like probably the last greatest party of law of people. A wedding is like the last greatest party they will get as adults yeah. in their lifetime. Right. So mm -hmm. if you want to make a child free, I don't think that makes you like a selfish or shitty person. It just means that you are not that uh, tolerant of children, which is fine. Like it's your party. Do whatever yeah. the fuck you want. My problem is like where it starts veering into asshole territories when like I've seen a couple articles recently and one is like uh, fucking kids shouldn't be allowed in restaurants and one was like kids shouldn't be allowed on airplanes. And I'm like, well, those are both like kind of like necessary. <laughs> Why are we going to ban children from public? You yeah. joyless fucks. But they a have, wedding. They have restaurants where kids can't go. They're called pubs. Yeah. 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 Bars. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Go to one of those. Um, airplanes, like tough shit, buddy. Like I've been. Uh, yeah, yeah. We've all been there. You've been on an airplane and you got some like fucking caterwauling toddler who can't keep their shit mm -hmm. together. And the parent is usually trying their best to like rein their child in. Yeah. And it won't. And now I'm the guy flying with a fucking baby who like luckily my baby slept the entire fucking flight to and from florida last time and now we're flying to mexico again in two days yeah. uh and he might be a fucking asshole and if he is sorry to the people sitting around us but also fuck mm -hmm. you because we got places to be you know what i would be okay with is if they had flights that were like no. adult only not like oh. adult only but like how you have 55 plus Rent yeah. like apartment buildings where old people go to be old and they don't want to hear the joy of kids. They just want to be old and shitty. They should have the equivalent for flights. Like you shouldn't have no kids allowed to fly, but you should have like you could pay an the extra option. 30 bucks to yeah. go on this adult only flight. If you want to pay the premium, like I'm surprised more airlines haven't done this because airlines love the opportunity to make a quick oh, fucking yeah. buck. Um I thought you were going to go the other way and say there should be like kid only flights where we take <laughs> all the families and Just... put them on the same flight. And I'm oh, like, yeah. That would be a fucking nightmare. And you know half. what you could do? You could even go the other way, whereas instead of making people pay a premium to go on the no kids, you could get a discount if you go on the family plane. So it would basically like the plane would basically have a family discount where you pay less and then all the families go on that plane. Cause you're a family, you want to save money and you don't really care about other kids cause you have your own. So you're used to it and stuff. And then anybody who doesn't, isn't into that can like just pay more. I'm definitely okay with that. And yeah, restaurants, 100%. we already have kid free restaurants and yeah. weddings. Yeah. Like you I can, think, sorry, I was going to, yeah, go ahead. 
Talk, you go. You go ahead. No, Jeff. I was gonna go back to the wedding. So you say what you were gonna say. You, you, you go. Okay, I was gonna say maybe I'm not as affected by these kid-free weddings is because I had kids later, and most of our friends also had kids later. So a lot of the weddings me and you went to were childless, not ba- not basically by man. By being mandated childless, but just being childless because nobody had kids. Nobody had kids. Yeah. Na- naturally child. Wait, I'm trying to think. I think uh, our friends uh, Sean and Lindsay. Yeah. I think had a child-free wedding. Did they not? Did was it mandated? No kids. Uh, I believe so. Oh, I didn't know that. I just didn't have kids. I think or I, I didn't would... really know anybody who had kids. Did yeah, you have Noah I... by already then? Yeah, we had Noah by then, and he didn't come. He wasn't there, no. And oh. I'm thinking that's why. Although maybe we just like left him with a sitter or something, anyway. Yeah, but the other thing too is for size. Why to have a wedding in Vancouver? You're not going to be able to afford to have too many people. So you're going to tell people that if they have more than a certain amount of people that are invited to the restaurant, yeah, or to the wedding, that they have to pay like. You have your RSVP. Maybe you don't give plus ones and you just have your RSVP. So if people want to take their kids, they have to like pay more so that they can offset the cost. But then just have a cheap wedding in a cheaper place. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like the flip side of that is that like, okay, now Noah's a little bit older. Like mm-hmm. now he loves weddings. Like he was, you saw him at fucking Jared Meg's. Like he was oh, yeah. shake, shaking his ass the entire night. Um, and but it's like funny when... because you how you were saying the wedding for a lot of people is their last big party. For kids, it's their first big party. Yeah, that's that's true. I, the first, first time I ever got drunk was at a wedding. I was I was six. <laughs> Not what I meant, I, but I was six years old. Um, <laughs> just kidding. what? Uh, <laughs> were there drag queens there? There, there were. Yeah, it was very. Uh, they exposed me to everything all at once. That's why I'm so <laughs> fucking tolerant now. Um, the uh, the flip side is that, like, for a lot of kids, a wedding is a very fucking dry and boring thing to oh, go yeah. to, right? So, like, in a lot of situations, I think the kids would almost prefer to uh, to not be there as well. Yeah. As, well, especially the – I could see – actually, you know what? I say have a kid-free ceremony because no kid wants to sit through a no. wedding ceremony and then bring the kids to the um... – Drag show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's – the fucking thing afterwards reception yeah the traditional Mm -hmm. post post wedding drag drag show slash twerking competition yeah yeah now that i think about it i think i might have been to some child-free weddings that i just never thought of besides sean's because we went me and andrea went to one at banff like two days into or two years into when we were dating and there were no kids there but i just figured that was their parents didn't want to bring their kids to Banff and pay for like extra money for hotels and stuff. Also probably true, but yeah. like, yeah, we're going, well, we're going to a wedding mm-hmm. um, in Mexico. and We're bringing all our fucking children. It's going to be so great. <laughs> I'm really, really excited to share that. Oh, uh, dude, Noah's going to fucking love Mexico. Special moment, special moment with that. Is this his first play time besides going to the U S like, is he, 
traveled with you guys much because he's went to key west with you once or twice didn't he no he didn't do key west he's done the jersey shore with us once oh, philly yeah. with us once and then well china oh yeah uh, for one time to china but this oh, is, is this his first place hot he, yeah it will be oh. so i think he'll he'll this is this is weird this, uh, it's funny because it's it. like you're like will he like it or will it just be too hot and will he be miserable what are the odds what no, I think because it's a fucking all all inclusive, right? So he like, oh yeah, we're like, there's a fire. I'm like, you can eat and drink whatever you want the entire week. I do not give a shit because I'm in vacation mode. Like I nice. don't fucking care. Go like run around the resort, eat whatever you want, drink this fucking Panera bread, super lemonade <laughs> or whatever the fuck. I don't care. Just dude, you get out of my get sight. One of those, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, and then you could like go to the swim up bar and get him like virgin daiquiris and oh shit. we're gonna we're gonna yeah we're gonna do like virgin pina coladas in the whole nice. fucking yards. oh that sounds awesome but it's also like part there's always that half where i'm like yeah it's it's fucking cool that i get to do that with my kid but then the other half which is like this this would be so much more fucking relaxing <laughs> with our children <laughs> like it's so much more it's true because you're like you're thinking like yeah, you can't sleep till noon if you have your kid no, there. No, it's going to be work. The The whole fucking time is going to mm-hmm. be dealing with the baby or dealing with the nine-year-old or dealing with the nine-year-old and the baby or yeah. dealing with other people's fucking Well, kids. especially now that he's like can eat everything he wants, like for sure he's going to vomit at least once. Because oh, yeah. Some weird well, shit. and that's that's part of the uh, ploy too, right? It's like if he gets mm, like violent nice. diarrhea and he's just in a bathroom the whole uh... time. Old built school in, parenting. I built love in babysitter, it. Right. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to cover before we duck the fuck out? No, that's it. Um, <laughs> there was that woke thing that when they, uh, that right wing person who wrote a book about being woke and then someone was like, what is woke? And they couldn't explain it. And she couldn't. Yeah. That was like funny, but disingenuous at the same time. Cause it's like, who doesn't know what woke is and shit? Well, I saw uh, this guy wrote a really good blog post. A guy who's like kind of a liberal uh, wrote mm. a blog post about what wokeness is. And it was actually like super critical of wokeness and like everything that it like stands for now. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh shit, uh, I'll, I'll share it with you. Do uh, it. And then we can talk about it in our next. Uh, yeah. And I'll put it in the show notes. so Everybody can talk about it. Do you want to save it for next week? Cause it's not really a timely thing, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, but like, let's do that. I kind of started down a rabbit hole on the ESG credits and stuff. So we could talk about that too. Oh, yeah. We can also do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll save this. will be our new thing. We'll just give teases for the next show at the end of all our, of our shows. Yeah. Join us next, not next week. Uh, yeah. It'll be like next week, but like later in the week, probably. Oh, oh man, shit. I might have a kid. You'll have a baby. Oh, yeah. Everybody, my due date is Wednesday, my personal due date. Andrea might be there too. Um, so if I have a child, Andrea might not let me podcast because I'll just be, I'll, I would want to podcast holding. Yeah. Don't, baby. don't, if don't you got to take time off, that's maybe I'll find yeah. some, uh, some guest hosts. Yeah. You can like, take the mantle. We can still talk or whatever, but if I'm not here next week, it's because I had a baby. So congratulate me and send me pre 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 congrats. <laughs> Thank you. But also, they say the first one is always late, so I might see you in a week. Yeah, or we we'll might play, wait two weeks or whatever. We'll play it by ear or baby yeah. ear. Baby ear. 
Uh, all right. Hey, everyone, thanks for joining us on this episode of Outrage Factory. Uh, I've been your co-host, Derek Boland. You can follow me on Twitter at Herder. I've been your other co-host, Dale DeRuder. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at SuperDaleBot. You can follow the podcast Twitter at OutrageFactPod. You can send us uh, an email with your feedback at or OutrageFactPod at gmail.com. You can. You can, uh, what, fucking head on over to... Uh, the Book Facet, uh, Facebook.com slash OutrageFactPod. Go to YouTube to see our beautiful faces. If you're yeah. listening to this in your ear holes, uh, head on over to T T Public. Wait, where do we sell our merch? Redbubble? Redbubble. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, Outrage Factory. Just Google Outrage Factory in YouTube. I think it comes up. Although I don't know if. Yeah, I don't think. Hold on, I'm gonna do one thing. I'm gonna go to YouTube.com/slash. Outrage Factory and see if that works. Because sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. It does not work. Okay. Don't do that then. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just just search. So here's what happens. Go YouTube.com space Outrage Factory and the fucking computer overlords will figure it out that you're trying to search for Outrage Factory on YouTube and they'll bring up the link. They will. Thanks, because overlords. the link for our channel is a bunch of letters and numbers, but it'll, you'll find it. Thanks. 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 Uh, and Thanks. until next week, <laughs> stay angry. <laughs>